Welcome to the Before Midnight Podcast brought to you from the N Plus One Studios overlooking beautiful downtown Frankfurt. In this podcast, we explore the world of multi-sport. If it has to do with swimming, biking, or running, we're there. I'm your host, Brian Schengenfelder. My co-host, Linda Ward, could not be with us today, so I'm on the solo yet again. I kind of want to catch our audience up on, on kind of what the last week we've had. We're kind of heading into daylight savings, which is the ugh, time of the year where it's just always dark. You get up, it's dark. You come home from work, it's dark. And that's just not a lot of fun. Makes it really hard to get training in. You don't have a lot of daylight hours. Training tends to work its way more inside and that's kind of blah. So I'm not looking forward to the uh, falling back and getting that extra hour of sleep just because that means it's just going to be dark at night. (laughs) I'm just not a fan. I'm much more of a summer person than a winter. And that's okay. Uh, we've got fall soccer wrapping up for my son's team. He's got another week or two left. It's uh, it's really been kind of an interesting journey of select soccer. They, they really don't tell you what's involved, and you just kind of like figure it out as you go. But having two practices a week, having a goalie practice a week, having a, a game or two every week has really done a lot to help out Alex's skill in the game. It, it it all kind of came to me when we were at a party and the kids were just kind of running around playing and they came across kind of a soccer ball and you know, they kind of goofed around with the soccer ball for a little bit. You can just see my son just come up to the soccer ball and unconsciously just kind of manipulate it with his foot, kind of get a feel for it. You know, that's someone who has been around the game for a while and kind of understands the game and, and is starting to get a skill level that's a little more advanced and that's just really cool to see even though we're ending the fall season here shortly apparently there's winter one and winter two and we go into spring i think the only break you get in soccer is in the summer so we're (laughs) i didn't even know all this stuff but hey you know that's the learning process one of the things that's been odd about this whole select process is just the lack of communication as to what to expect we know there's a fall and spring season but what else is there well apparently there's winter stuff but no one tells you these things. Heck, we didn't even know about practice until like two weeks before the first practice. Just been a strange experience. And that's not to say it's been a bad experience. It's just been unique in that you really don't know what you're getting into until it's like upon you. And that's just been kind of this odd <laughs> thing we've been dealing with. And that's okay. It's It's been good. It really has because his skill has really improved. I, that, that ability to have that many practices in games just far exceeds anything the the why can provide with just that one day, hour a week, a game on the week. That was not enough to get better at the game. And this this really shows the difference of what happens when you can kind of focus in on any sport for a length of time. I mean, and these are just, you know, skills that all sports have. And, and you just have this ability that you know, the more you can do it, the more reps you get, the better you get. Now, it's been true for my son's soccer. It's also true for swimming and biking and just lesser extent running in the tri-world. That ability to get as many reps as possible and quality reps is how you get better in the sport. It's just been really kind of a cool experience to see that actually happen in my son as well as kind of my athletes that I coach in swimming. Just one of those neat effects. One of the things I wanted to talk about today was to expand upon a concept I did a couple of weeks ago when I was talking, giving my thoughts on on swimming in general. One of the last topics I talked about was feel of the water. And I talked about, hey, how it, you use your tips of your fingers and your hand to kind of get that feel for the water. And I've been experimenting quite a bit with the feel of the water over these last couple of weeks and really trying to 
pay attention to how the water interacts with my hand when I'm swimming. It's really kind of interesting that if I can maintain that feeling of constant pressure on my hand throughout the stroke, I'm a couple seconds faster per hundred. It doesn't matter what speed I swim, I'm still considerably faster than when I feel that hand kind of slipping through the water. And so really, I guess what I wanted to do is try to explain that feeling for those who are newer to swimming or didn't grow up with swimming, what that feel actually feels like. Because there is a tangible result is if you can get that good feel of the water and control it from the very beginning of the stroke to the end of the stroke. And for me, the million dollar question is, what does that feel like? What does it feel like to catch the water and pull it all the way back through the stroke? And I was, I've been playing around with the jets on the side of the pool. And, and the best I can explain it by just using the jet is if you take your hand and kind of cup it and hold it about three, two to three feet away from those jets, you'll feel the water kind of create an even pressure on the hand. That's probably the closest feeling to catching water you're going to get. And so if you can try to replicate that feel from the very beginning of the that just light pressure across your whole hand and fingertips. If you can just try to maintain that from the beginning of the stroke to the end of the stroke, I think you'll have a pretty good idea of what a, a good catch is. And what's interesting is if I take my hand and move it closer to the jet, you begin to feel the turbulence around your hand. And if you can tell the difference between that even steady pressure and that turbulence on the hand, you can begin to tell when you have a good grip and when you don't because when you start feeling that turbulence on your hand that's when you know you're slipping because that turbulence is being created by your hand slipping through the water that constant even pressure that's you actually pushing against the water if you go too fast you create that turbulence you create that slip you don't get the propulsion you need from my standpoint then feel of the water is just that constant pressure that stays on the hand and you don't have any turbulence any feeling of movement of water on the hand. It should feel uniform all the way back to the pool. And if you start to feel that turbulence, you're slipping. It's very hard to maintain that feel and continue it throughout the stroke. One of the things I found really challenging is how slow you have to be at the front of the stroke to make sure that pressure is even. I think that's where most people make their mistake on the stroke is that early part. They get the hand out long, they pull back too quickly. They don't get that even pressure. The turbulence starts there and it just works its way through the back of the stroke. You know, some people can kind of power through and get some speed, but at the end of the day, you got to have that connection with the water, that even pressure through the hand, up the arm, all the way from the beginning to the end of the stroke without any real turbulence. That's where you get your speed. And it's a really difficult skill to learn. There's a lot of feel in there. But, you know, again, my suggestion is, is, hey, put your hand against, you know, two or three feet away from the jet, feel that even pressure against your hand, and try to replicate that from the beginning of the stroke to the end of the stroke. You, you know, you, you may find you can do it for part of the stroke, and then it begins to break down. That's kind of where I'm at now. I can usually get it on the front, but sometimes middle of that stroke, it begins to break. I begin to feel the turbulence. That's when I'm slowing down on my stroke. It becomes a real challenge for me to try to maintain that throughout. And there's times when 
I struggle with the front end of the stroke. I can feel the turbulence right away. I have to readjust and, and slow down that front end so that I could basically cradle the water, get it up against my hand, get it up against my forearm, and then push back against it. When I can do that throughout 100, I'm gaining two or three seconds. So that tells you how much that feel and getting that push against the water is as important as anything else in the mechanics of the stroke. Yeah, you have to be in the right position to push the water behind you rather than straight down or to the side or whatever direction you have. That's the mechanics of it that you have to get right. But if you can't get that feel right, you're not going to really push against it and get that forward momentum that you really need to go in the stroke. So that's kind of my thought today to kind of expand upon feel of the water. And something to maybe give you something tangible to kind of go and experiment and try to figure out if you can figure it out. Because I mean, for me, the step would be to kind of get that feel three feet away from a jet, feel what it feels like. Skull, try to get that feeling from sculling. And then once you get that feeling in sculling, that kind of constant pressure on the skull and you don't get that turbulence element, then try to add it into the stroke. I mean, that to me is the most reasonable progression in this process. Get a feel for what constant pressure feels like. Try to do it in the skull. This is why sculling is such an important part of swim training. Is You're trying to get an idea of what that pressure feels like on your hand. And then you can integrate that into your full stroke as you go forward. So that's where I am with uh, feel. It's kind of an interesting topic. I know it's very esoteric and very subjective because how do you describe a feeling? And the best I can come up with is using those water jets to kind of give you that sense of what it should feel. Okay, one more thing. I have a kind of a a tip for the day and then we'll get out of here on uh, with a relatively quick podcast here. I've uh, for years now, I've always worked out at the FAC in the morning. I'll be out running. I'll get real sweaty. My clothes are wet, just filled with sweat. Eventually, they go into a bag. They go into the trunk, the back of my car, and they just kind of sit there. And by the time I get home, they, they're a little bit drier, and they smell, usually smell really bad, mainly because of all that sweat that just soaks in there. It sits in there all day. And I guess about maybe two months ago, it struck me of, well, these things are soaking wet. Why not just take them into the shower with me while I'm showering and getting ready and rinse them off. Basically wash them <laughs> as well as myself before I go to work. Now I just soak them up, try to get all the salt and stuff out of them, you know, wring, it, wring the water out as best I can. Now they're going into the car. They're still damp and moist and probably a little bit wetter than they would be from just sweat. But now when I get home at night and I can hang them up, before I wash them or whatever, they don't smell as bad. I don't get that funky odor from them just sitting in the sweat all day long. It's just been something that I thought was kind of a, oh, well, that's a smart idea. Why didn't I think about that five, six, seven, eight years ago? It would have been a lot more useful to keep my clothes from just really having that awful stench that happens when it just sweat sits in them for an extended period of time. So I thought I'd throw that out there as kind of a, a tip of the day if you haven't done that before. Now, of course, there's probably everybody out there who's like, well, duh, I've been doing that for years. Well, yeah, you know, those are those are the things that happen. It's just, <laughs> I just want to throw that out there in case someone hasn't come across that epiphany yet. <laughs> Give that out to y'all guys. So 
like I said, this is going to be a short episode. I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, if you're searching for a coach, look us up, go3sport.com. If you uh, can rate us, give us a five-star on Apple iTunes. If you're catching this on YouTube, subscribe. You'll get updated when we release new videos. We've been doing some instructional videos as well as these podcasts on the YouTube. And you know, give us a thumbs up. These all help us to grow the podcast and make a better product for you all, our listeners. And that, have a great day if you want to.